Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Whose excitement is palpable? Anyone? That's a beautiful pen. That'll work. Uh, hello, uh, Seattle, Vera Project. Uh, welcome to the first ever live The Dork Forest. Uh, my name is Jackie Cation, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming out to see the show. This is, uh, is going to be something. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see what it's going to be. It's, uh, what, it's exciting to come here because Seattle is known for uh, its dorkdoms, quite honestly. And we got a couple of luminaries. We're going to tape a couple of shows, and uh, just so you know. And first up, we have... Um, well, I'll just I'll tell you about Kermit Apio, who is a friend of mine and a great, hilarious comedian. Kermit Apio, welcome to the program. Thank you. And then on my right, a man I've never met, but I've read almost everything he's written. Uh, Ed Brubaker, comic book writer. Prose. I follow your Twitter. Welcome to the show, Ed Brubaker. Uh, yes. So what we do is we end up just talking about what we like. And um, let's... You guys should start talking. Anything? What do you, what do you guys? What do you guys That's like to your do? Format. Yeah, yeah. That is my format. <laughs> it's very elaborate. You guys should start talking. All right. So, yes. so the theme song is added later because I'm so used to the, the theme song. Yes, there is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I usually do the credits, but I was going to tape them uh, because, of course, the, the Can websites. You hum the theme song. Welcome to the dark forest. <laughs> And then that's all I know. Okay. <laughs> because it's sung by Ma- Mike the... Rickberg. It's uh, Mike Rickberg wrote and, and sings a song with his girlfriend, Sarah, who I've called as his fiance, which obviously they should marry. They should marry, don't you think? She's Make too an good honest woman. She is too good for him. Make I, an I, honest I, woman I, of her. They are. No, they're perfectly nice people. And uh, why wouldn't you? So, yeah, it's. Um, I'm excited to be here. Stand-up comedy. Yes. And uh, Kermit, when I asked you to be on the show, you sent me two pictures of yourself wearing Star Wars costumes. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is true. Oh, wait. One picture, and then the other picture was the most elaborate. Were you writing Star Wars slash fiction about yourself? Uh, no, no. It, it <laughs> but there's a great idea. That's what I'm going to do now. Exactly. You would be Princess Leia. I was well, I was just trying to think of how in any way uh, I could fit in because you said the things that I like and right. uh, I, I like I like Star Wars a lot um, and and it was in the closet for a while it actually it's made its way into the show now because of my son my son likes Star Wars uh, and and it got me sort of back into but, it and very excited but he probably likes the bad Star Wars right what do you mean the bad Star the Wars the Clone Wars <laughs> oh any, any, anything after Episode two yeah <laughs> oh wait anything no that... I mean Episode Five Six, five? <laughs> yes, yes. He's definitely into everything, and, and, the, and the show, the, the cartoon, and everything. And so it kind of it kind of brought me back out. And it's, but it's a very, like you said, it's a very different thing because they have backstory. You know, we never when when when, yeah, when but it's stupid backstory. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. Are you going to defend your father? And C three PO, I also made you and R two. We met a long time ago. I was a little annoying kid, and you helped me fly in a race. And, right, but like, I never remembered everybody. it the next it's time like I the ran smallest, into you. The, the entire universe is the smallest town, and you've never seen a planet with any of those other aliens on them. 
You know how right awesome, it, it's so awesome to hear you say that, man. That is that's so perfect. Cool. I have no yes. vested interest. Right? Why not? It's it's true though. It's like I want to like it. It's sort of for me. It's like the Lord of the Rings. I have to susp- like pretend that I had never read the book oh, okay. to watch the movie. I, I I did that the first couple times, and then I sort of I'm such a fan of the Lord of the Rings, like as a as the a book or of, the movies, the, the book. Okay, and no, I I think they did. I, I kind of respect most of the decisions they made in the movie, actually, because I started trying to. I, I watched it enough times that I got beyond comparing right. it to the book. Which really, you, you never really do. See, that's because you never fell in love with Faramir. If you never fell no, in, love never, no, never in love with Faramir. See? See? That and I also was... didn't mind them not having Tom Bombadil in it. So That's fine. I didn't know how they were going to do Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Have you read Lord of the Rings? I have not. Well, like how, that's why I'm awesome sitting back over here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Did you see the movies? <laughs> no. Wow. I told you what I like. We covered that. <laughs> I like Star Wars. That's episode it. All of them. One. All of them. The cartoons, the lunchbox, the comic strip, exactly. all of it. Exactly. It's uh, really. Have you seen Willow? I have seen Willow. It's yes. like that. It's like a fancy, fancy Wait, Willow. Willow, the Ron Howard Willow, movie. Willow, Willow, use the wand. Willow. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, just Willow like with Willow. New Zealand in it's the background. It's just like Willow, but longer. It's uh, it's the longest Willow it's a, ever. It's a 14-hour yes. version of Willow. Yes. A, I thought Peter Jackson did a fine job I, with I, the world. The sad part would be J.R. Tolkien spending his entire life working on a really long version of Willow. <laughs> I mean, he was he was like rewriting that book on the on his deathbed. Probably. I, it's true. I got one word wrong in this one sentence four hundred pages ago. Right, and what I'm going to do is now I'm going to make the baby disappear. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Remember that in Willow? No. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The thing I most remember about going to see Willow, did you see it when it came out? Oh, yes. Remember yes. they showed the preview for Roger Rabbit? Oh, did they? That was your favorite part? We went back the next day just to see the preview and then left. <laughs> Roger Rabbit's amazing, though. Yeah. Oh, Roger, yeah. yeah. Did you see Roger yes, Rabbit? Yes, I did see Roger Rabbit. Well, let's, let's talk about can, that. Can you do an imitation of him? <laughs> No, I can't, but I, but, I, uh, but I do remember the trailer just because uh, you know, I, I was right at that perfect age, just entering puberty, where a cartoon all of a sudden, wow, that, I, I'm a little worked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I just, oh, Jessica Rabbit? Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. I, I like, well, fair enough. That was one of the first times I ever noticed. You, you know when you see previews for movies and sometimes there's a scene in the preview that doesn't end up in the movie, but you totally remember the scene from the preview? I'm like... What the hell? Where's the moment where the guy stands up and's like, he did it? You know, and there was like a thing like that in the Roger Rabbit preview where like I remember a cartoon pig or something like screaming and that Eddie Valiant's face was inside the pig's mouth like he was trying to climb out of a cartoon and that oh, totally wasn't in the movie. That wasn't in the... I do yeah, remember, so remember that. that? <laughs> no, because here's the thing about Roger Rabbit. I watch Roger Rabbit at least twice a year because uh, I love Roger Rabbit and I... Uh, you know that scene where he like jumps through the wall and leaves a Roger yeah. Rabbit yes. I have watched that on frame by frame and it's totally perfect. You cannot see <laughs> that piece of wall. Alright, that's your favorite scene. What's your yeah. favorite scene? Of Roger Rabbit. You got one? You got one? I got one. As a stand-up comic, I got one. Go ahead. I want to hear it. Oh, yeah. mine is when uh, when Roger Rabbit and Bob Hoskins are handcuffed together, and Roger Rabbit pulls his hand out and holds it down. He says, could you do that anytime? He's like, no, only when it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's just good writing right there. It is, yeah. <laughs> 
I love that movie. How about you? What, I do. But you, you know what? Liked... You, you watch it every year. I, I saw it once, uh, you know, 20 something yeah. years ago. <laughs> when Roger so all Rabbit I'm remembering a... is cartoon boobs right now. <laughs> 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 did you have a did you have a, an animated crush? Did you ever have an animated? No, I Cuz you draw car- too, I was a right? As yeah. a kid, so I never got crushes on drawings. Really? <laughs> Just seemed weird, except for maybe those like asexual crushes kids get on like Bugs Bunny. Okay. Or everybody everybody <laughs> the first time when they're like 5 and they see Bugs Bunny dress up as a woman and walk around and there's some kind of weird warmness that you get, you know. <laughs> but no, not no? not really, no. Mulan's boyfriend. I like Mulan's oh, boyfriend. Nice. You know, that was a sign that I needed a date. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he is ripped. Turns out he's drawn that way. Yeah. Not the greatest the movie. The abs Mulan. on that cartoon. The abs on that cartoon. I, when I was little, the, the first sort of warmness that I felt, I had to be for the adolescent Bam Bam on... Uh, on uh, <laughs> On the Pebbles oh, and Bam Bam yeah. show. On the Pebbles and Bam Bam show when yes. they were growing up. See, I consider that that heresy. Pebbles and Bam Bam are babies and that's it. You're, I think Once you're right from now. they learn to speak and have a band and stuff, that's the <laughs> That's not Pebbles it's and Bam Bam. Tr- it's true. That is it's not true. cool. I don't, like it. I don't like it when things get written so long that people age. Yeah. Like there's well, that's th- why I like the, the Simpsons. Like they're still in oh, fourth yeah. grade now. They have cell phones, but oh, do like they, they have cell phones? It's like anything that goes on in our world is happening in the Simpsons. It's just no one ever is aging or having anything happen. Yes, that is. You know. That's great. I didn't because uh, yeah, I don't like it. Like it's if like if, Archie. Does Archie? Archie no, they are always in... well. They do it. They're doing a thing where Archie grows up now, but it's like a it's like an alternate universe where you get to see the various paths Archie could take when he grows up, and it's. It's kind of bullshit because you know, <laughs> he doesn't actually like both. He gets to marry both Betty and Veronica, but not be like Mormon about it. He actually gets to see like each, right. each path. He gets to sort of see into the future of what if what happens if I make either of these decisions, but they're both the right decision. Like it would be oh. he would have the world's greatest life if he married either of them. Except in one, he's married to a billionaire. Wow. So it's like, well, which one are you gonna choose? He still doesn't get get to. There's a magazine you can buy that. Has has like the Betty part on one half and the and the Veronica part on the other half, and it's just like <laughs> there's wow. got to be failure. You know, there has to be one bad decision. Like, I want to like, see, yeah, yeah, like she gets strung out or something. You know exactly. what I mean? Because I've always Betty, thought that Veronica, one? Veronica, Betty, of course. You know, yeah, I want an, an issue where he's like picking up Veronica from rehab. At the yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like... Driving around in circles looking for Sudafed. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> turns that, into like a breaking bed. Prescription from your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know it's funny because uh, I have I've only been reading. I was telling you this is that I've only been reading comic books for about six or seven years, and um, and yours was one of the first names that I re- remembered on comic books because when I first started, it was it was I was just dragged with my husband to the comic book store and dragged. I am a dork chameleon. <laughs> I will go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. You want to try roller skating? Let's do it. And uh, I will not be good at it, but I will enjoy it. And you can't do a podcast about roller skating, though. Oh, yes, you I probably can. could, actually. Oh, yeah. Who's out there? <laughs> who can roller skate backwards? Anyone? It's uh, I like I, I like people who can, who can do things that I can't do. So yeah, I'll watch it. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's 
It's I like like the first one I, I read was your Daredevil, and then I read Iron Fist, and I didn't know about either of those characters. Oh wow! It's I literally I it was Spider Man, and then I was reading about mercenaries in Africa. I was reading poorly written prose. Oh wow! I moved right over to the Louis L'Amour novels and, uh, <laughs> and, and romance novels and some Merc books. <laughs> I can say Mbele. Because uh, I write about Zimbabwe in the 70s. <laughs> what were you guys reading when you were 13? Well, I, I was an ADD kid with father issues. I wasn't reading much. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not really in the books. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. A lot of silence. I'm staring at you going, what was he doing? What was he doing, Kermit? I, yeah, the what only comic doing? book I ever read was Gru, and it was because it was a guy oh, from yeah. Mad Magazine. Yeah, Gru the Wanderer. Uh, yeah, That's I, an I, awesome comic. Is it? I, yeah, what, what is it? Gru the Wanderer? I it's, never read Gru uh, the Wanderer. They did like 150 issues or yes, something. Yes, Well, and I could I, catch up. It's like Sandman. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I own, I own like, like 15 of them, but in, in no way, any shape, anybody would want, you know, because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that you could take care of them. You, know? <laughs> you, you don't have to. So uh, I'm done here. I'll bend this page so I know where I am, you know. <clears throat> so they're completely... But, that's, but that's, I, that's a better kind of collecting, though, because you're actually reading them. And I, I, I always am, like, a little bit freaked out when people bring up, when I do comic conventions, and people bring up comics for me to sign, and they have them in these, like, hardcore, like, plastic sleeves with, like, a little square cut out for where I'm supposed to sign my... <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just like... Wow. Like, do you have to stay you in the lines? to touch you the do. thing. And right. you my, but... But which is fine. That's how. But I remember when I was a kid, my brother got the the price guide for comics, and we were both like total comic nerd kids. And he walked into my room after having read the price guide for half an hour, and he looked at my three giant stacks of comics and proceeded to pronounce them worthless because I hadn't. <laughs> I, the, your comics are worthless. They don't have any bags and boards. These comics are, you know. It, yeah. it was strange. So I spent like months after that like bagging and boarding all my comics. And then anytime I wanted to read my comics, I had to unbag and unboard. And I was just like, yeah. forget it. And so I just threw out all the bags and boards immediately after like six months. I'm like, I just like owning them. Whenever I had a comic that became worth anything i always just went out and sold it and bought like the reprint that wasn't worth anything because i was like i don't i don't want to know i don't want someone to look at this and go oh mage number one that's worth 85 dollars right, like, right you know i don't care i just like the story right right i like it's we we do the uh the, there's a lot of we have a lot of comic books sitting around the house and uh and so there's stacks and stacks of comic books and i'm like we have to file these we have to file these i'm constantly saying we have to file these only because i don't like a stack of crap and uh i'm like either that or we can read them and be done how about that and he was like what no 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 there's no reading and being done you you want to you got to be able to go back to the long boxes and pull out that one thing like he andy uh wanted me to ask you what happened to the cosmic cube at the end of captain america in issue 14, 14. Bucky, right. Bucky crushes it. Wait, how can you crush the, the Cosmic Cube, if I'm correct, has all the power in the world? Was it a fake Cosmic Cube? I remember no, seeing it, that. No, it, it, was, it was rebuilt. Because it worked. It was a rebuilt. It was a rebuilt one. Aim oh. had found Hello, all the Gateway. and put it together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like the Red Skull's like, is this the best you can do? A refurbished model. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's good for 14 uses, one one per issue, and then it gets down to one last wish by Captain America, and then it's virtually powerless. Okay. Um, yeah, I, he had a he had like a robot hand. He can you can crush anything with a robotic hand. It's true. That's the Bucky rule. Bucky does. Bucky's pretty awesome. Bucky's like. Like the sexiest, like like comic book dude. He's because he's because he's the Winter Soldier. 
Wow, I spent a lot of time alone. How's it going? <laughs> Obviously, I spent a lot of time how, thinking. How does he stack up next to Mulan's boyfriend? Uh, he's much better than Mulan, but not as close to Faramir. Let me just say, okay. Faramir. But that guy, that guy gave up the ring. I don't think you people understand. <laughs> he was like not even interested in it. He was interested in it. He was that like, was the uh, I should like, keep that ring away from my dad. Yes, yes. Which how but much his strength? But dad was already going take? crazy with the Palantir, which they totally left out of the movie. Yes, uh, that's another issue. We can talk that's about. Another issue. We can talk about the elves at Helm's Deep. We can go anywhere you want to go. We don't need to. We don't the need elves to. Helm's Deep could have been so much worse. You've seen. It could have been worse. You've seen the stills, I, where he, it was like Liv Tyler running around at Helm's Deep. Yeah, they, you know what? They, they made the right decision. Tolkien can't write women, he, so why, don't, why bother? Why give everything <laughs> that Glorfindel did over to what's her face? It's uh, the the rock star's kid. Hi, I'm 77. Okay. <laughs> I never know who anybody is. You can tell she's the rock star's kid because in her first appearance, she's like pole dancing in one of his videos. <laughs> yes, raise that. That's fantastic. I say don't raise the kids like that. It's a... Uh... So you didn't. So what did you? Were you a sport kid, Kermit? Yeah, I was a, a sport kid at, at some point. Um, I know. It's, it's just how, how do you go from sports to comedy? Uh, <laughs> drinking was oh. the transition. <laughs> ah, yes. The missing link. Yes, that was it. Because, because working out happens like during the day and everything. And I actually did when I started doing comedy, still kind of working out. But no, I, I, it, it went from uh, alcohol. And wow, I could hang out in these comedy clubs with these really crazy people and, and, and watch them say crazy things and, uh, and drink. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's what I'm doing now then. You know? <laughs> And how long did it take you to get up on your first like? I think it was my, my third my third open mic. I, I, I find a friend of mine signed me up and uh, and I went. Oh, up so you went to two different open mics and just watched? Yeah, because a buddy of mine at work uh, did open mic and uh, occasionally got paid to MC. So he he was like, "Why well, is a working comic?" All right, there's eleven dollars. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> Sweet, and all the beer you can drink, which was where the alcoholism comes in. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, where the exactly. where the alcohol abuse comes in. Right? I don't mean I don't mean to judge. So, so right. it was so it was it was one of those things where I just got to kind of hang out with uh, with these really uh, amazing, cool, weird, odd people, and uh, it, it, it was like that the blind melon video when the girl in the bee outfit you know gets to the end of the video and she sees all the people in the bee outfits and went, there, there they are that's who I've been waiting for you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then all that's right. kind of what it was. Wow, these that. really goofy, twisted people, and I can say the goofy, twisted things I say at work here, and nobody gets pissed off. You know what I mean? Yes. And, yes. Uh, and so that was it. It was more of a hangout. I never thought it would be a job. It was more of a hangout than anything else. So. And how long have you been doing stand-up comedy professionally? Oh, uh, man. At least 12 years, right? Longer than statute of limitations. It, it, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my first open mic was in 89. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, mine was in 86. And then, uh, and then the club burned down. Thank God it was insured. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, it was not. It was Sam Kinison's Brothers Club, and it wasn't making that any was money. That's what it was called. Sam Kinison's Brothers Club. It should have been called that. would have had a better chance of surviving <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin, in a basement of a Coke den. And uh, it's all very glamorous. Uh, 
<laughs> the basement of a coke den? It was a pool hall and coke front uh, called the State Street Infirmary. Catchy. No one's the ever going to... State Street do... Infirmary? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Infirmary. Yeah, because there's going to be medicine happening there. <laughs> a lot of medicine. That medicine is laughter. <laughs> that medicine was a bunch of guys with pool cues punching on each other. Oh, wow. And, uh, and doing lines. <laughs> so, the 80s were a, a terrible time. Uh, people always talk about how it's like the, the golden age of comedy, the late 80s. And I, uh, right. I don't think so. It, it was the incredibly dysfunctional age. I mean, I, I got in sort of at the tail end of all of that when, when a lot of guys were either burning out or quitting or, 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 or you know... <laughs> dying. Dying, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, man, I heard the stories, oh, two years ago in this club, we did this and this. And, I, and we all made $1,100 a night, <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah. There was money falling from the sky. Yeah, and then, and then I'd say, well, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, we're going to head to Denny's, get a beer. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> Where's all the stuff you guys were talking about from before? Like, oh, that's over. We don't. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, it was. was. Free you sex. missed that. It was awesome. It was like there was all these ladies who would just do it. <laughs> that was like the first time I went to San Francisco was like 1986 or something like that. And you just get there and you make your friends drive you to Hate Street and you're like, all right, where is it? Where's San Francisco from <laughs> right. the 60s? I want I 1969 here. right here. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Was <clears throat> I did uh, underground at the open mic, and they told me a story about a, a famous comic. I won't say who who had Seattle underground. Yeah, uh, okay. at the comedy underground here, and um, they had a guy, uh, a guy who had this uh, like twenty two year old Chinese kid who didn't speak much English, holding uh, a briefcase, <laughs> you know, and he would always have this briefcase on him. And uh, they took him to the and so in the back area of the club, not not in the green room of the office, but in the back area of the club, this kid would sit there and he'd open it, and it was all kinds of drugs, and, and this headliner and his friends or whatever would take their you know do their thing and the kid would close the thing and hold this the briefcase right and essentially what what this kid was getting paid a lot of money for was to take the fall if something happened <laughs> like, but he had to be wow. old enough to get into the club right well he likes so really bad yeah so was, you know hey you don't you know he, he didn't he you can't get immigrants to do work like that <laughs> it was a simpler time then yeah but so beautiful say. but but so That's yeah like it was those so, kids on the street corner where whenever the cops drive by they hand the backpack to like the twelve-year-old. That's kind of what this was. <laughs> only, only, the, only the kids getting paid. You know, he's getting money for it. So as long as he doesn't get caught, great gig. You know. Right. And, and um. What's your and job? So, I hold a briefcase full of cocaine. You're right. For right, a stand-up exactly. comedian. Wow. <laughs> and that's what. And, and so, so they're they're telling this story to us, and we go, "Wow, that's an amazingly party time." And then they say, "All right, now you guys got to leave. We need to close up and clean everything up." You, you know what I mean? It was so weird to hear these stories, and we were oh, right, right, because it was that. always the story of 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 like this exciting, yeah, because it's exciting time that had. Thrived. Nothing before. to do with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I completely like the guy who was who was, I think it was in Omaha. He was on stage and his nose started bleeding, and it was dripping on his white shirt, and he never noticed. And then oh um, at some point he goes, he notices and he goes, "Would you people don't party here?" <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> But that's not happening in North Platte or Lincoln when I'm there and there's a disco ball and, uh, and someone might have some weed. Might. And uh, more likely I'm doing shots of Goldschlager. <laughs> well, one, one good thing about it is that when, when, the, when, when the sort of crash happened, you know, and then uh, headliners weren't making 3500 a week, you know, every week, it was, um, for, for some of us, the, the jump was still up. You know, to, to start headlining was like, wow, I get $200 more. 
more? That's awesome. You know what I mean? We were, we were right. so excited to make a little bit more. And then when we started hearing what headliners are making like five years before, we couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know? Go union. <laughs> it's not happening. But the great, the great thing about stand-up comedy, and I've always said this, is that... Uh, I've always said this. Uh, I don't know. Is that it's so like... I, I, you were like four on the playground, and you were like, the great thing about... The great thing about stand-up comedy is that it's exactly like comic books. Is that When I first started... Well, here's the weird thing. Is that when I Whoa. first started... This is a great segue. Is, uh, <laughs> when I first started reading comic books, they were about everything. Yeah. You know? That they can... Like stand-up comedy, because nobody's watching. There's yeah. 11 people who are yeah. reading comic books. And there's 19 people that are reading that comic book. I mean, yeah. you, it could be... like the, When I read the first issue of Ex Machina, and at the end of it, the superhero saves one of the Twin Towers, yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I had just started reading... That was kind of controversial and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed because yeah. no one was reading it. The but only it was thing awesome. I've ever done in a comic that's gotten noticed, well, we, when we killed Captain America, that got noticed, but, I, yeah. but they had like a whole PR team working on that. The only time we've ever gotten noticed for anything in the media without trying to like push it to get noticed was when, when we accidentally had a tea party rally, tea bagger rally, I should say, in, uh, <laughs> in, an, in an issue of Captain America, and that was like all bad press. Because that was people, oh, how right. dare you say the Tea Party is racist or whatever. And I was like, A, nobody said it. And B, like... Uh, they were just saying the things that they say. Yeah. And like, then all of a sudden... A com- it's a comic book and, like, it's yeah. not the real world. Right. But, yeah. So... What I love about Captain America is that I always thought that Captain America was a tool. Just because... <laughs> Because of that outfit. Because I never read anything, right? What? <laughs> you love it because he's a tool? No, no, I don't love him because cause no. he's, cause he's like, you know, like in, when he, like in the Civil War, Captain America took the side of the, the non-registered. The Marvel superhero Civil yes. War. No, not, no, I'm, not the I'm, actual I'm, Civil I'm, War. <laughs> you have to, you have to oh, point no, this out to people. It's who true, who, who, who are not reading. People. It's true. When, he, when Captain America used to ride with Quantrill in 1861. <laughs> Captain America was one of Quantrill's no. Wait, that would have been the worst. Wrong nice side. little Civil War dorkdom over here. Nice, yeah. yes. I, very, I pick very... up enough from hearing friends talk. You know, you know what I mean? So I like it. Yeah, friends. It's like Wikipedia, but without the facts. <laughs> without having to go on the internet. I'd like a third source. Yeah. <laughs> After you, Wikipedia, and then something else. Yeah. It's but I like. I liked how he was, he was, you know, he's a constitutionalist, you know, essentially. Well, Don't you think? Yeah, or, I, well. You know, actually, you know Captain hard. America. He, I don't know yeah. whether he's a constitutionalist. I always just thought he was just a guy who grew up during the Great Depression who was like a big fan of FDR, but then spent his whole adult life working with the military. So I thought that's probably going to be a guy who's not really right wing or not really left wing. And I grew up on military bases because my dad was in naval intelligence. And so I was around, like, military people all, all you know, my, my whole childhood. And I never found any of them to be really harshly right-wing, even as much as we say, oh, the military or whatever. And it's like they always vote for Republicans because Republicans gave the military more money. That was their – they hated all politicians, in my experience, like, listening to them at dinner parties, was they thought everybody was a tool. <laughs> you know? like, they thought these, idi- these were idiots who were sending them over to places to get killed and, and yes. making all the wrong decisions. So they didn't really, they weren't big, like, politics people. In the, like, you know, not at least, you know. Yeah, just more common sense kind of thing where they were... They just, they saw stuff going on in the world that, that they didn't really want to talk about. And they, you know, I mean, I always thought, 
if you're if you're on special forces or something, you're going to awful places where there's horrible things happening, and you're doing things that you don't want to go home and tell your family about, and that that can't be an easy weight to to carry around. So I just thought, you know, Captain America should be sort of like that, like a guy who has to do things that he doesn't like to do, but he's trying to like keep you know keep his country safe somehow or keep the world safe. Right, but then when he rebels against the, the yeah the well the yeah act, he took the, he took the, the right side yeah. yeah. It was because when you reveal all those, like Spider Man and, and yeah. like if it. That was a weird thing that they did where the, the superheroes had to take sides on whether or not to give their identities to the government and all that. I, I thought it was a really great sort of metaphor for what was going on in the country at the time where people were saying, are oh, you either yeah. on our side or you're against us and all that stuff going on? I thought right, that was, you're not a patriot. Yeah, if remember you don't when Bill Maher said something and then the press secretary said, well, people should be careful what they're saying. And, it's like, and then they fired him at Comedy yeah. Central. Yeah. yeah, he got fired off of, it was ABC actually. Was it? He was on yeah, ABC, ABC at the time. Yeah, ABC oh. fired him and that's when he got his HBO show. But it was like this weird sort of McCarthyistic kind of time, and it just seemed kind of like it was interesting that they made the heroes sort of choose sides. I think that's why people really keyed off of it because they were like, "Well, I think Iron," because it's true. Like in a real world, how thrilled would you be that there's? This, I mean, I am kind of thrilled that like we have uh, Phoenix Jones here in town, like is actually like taking on criminals and stuff, which is crazy, you know. But but at the same time, it's kind of like it's cool when you see him walking around. You know, like he's on patrol. Who's, who's Phoenix Jones? Phoenix Jones is the is Seattle, Seattle superhero. Based? Oh yeah, yeah. He's like Nightwing for Seattle. <laughs> he has like a utility belt full of stuff, and he has like a nightstick taser. And I got to meet him at the comic convention actually. And he was like standing there, and he was like tasing his chest to show me that he's got an insulated suit, which is like it's got like plating Holy on it, so it's like bulletproof or or so he's tricked proof. out for real. He's fully tricked out, and he's like an MMA fighter too. So he's like pretty badass. Oh, is he really yeah, there's a superhero civil war going on in Seattle, actually, <laughs> because, because he's part of this one group, and they all broke off from some other group that just dresses up like superheroes and brings food to the homeless, and those guys are now getting jumped by gangbangers and stuff, because Phoenix Jones and his ninjas are, like, actually going out on corners and, like, beating the crap out of people and holding them until the cops get there and stuff. So wow. now they're, they're, like, angry at him. I don't think it's... I think it's a very polite civil war. It's more like... Come on, man! We're trying to bring cupcakes to the homeless. <laughs> that feels you're, you're very Seattle. Our cupcake mission. <laughs> I always felt like if Seattle ever got bombed, the Green Party would be decimated. <laughs> I think they all moved to Portland. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Everybody moved to Portland. It's Keep it like, weird. Portland's people. like what Seattle was in the '90s. Portland is like an untidy Seattle. Okay, I take it all back. <laughs> There, there's always hand-painted signs that says, leash your dog, or uh, <laughs> like hand-painted signs like, don't forget like, to dance. It's like aggressive complaining. It's very, it's a lot Don't of, forget to dance. Don't forget to dance. I saw don't forget to dance, and, asshole. Exactly. <laughs> it felt like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm in favor of a drum dancing. circle as the next person, but are you kidding me? It's, uh, You're in favor of a drum circle? Because I, I come down harshly against drum circles. You, <laughs> that is the one thing I am against. Drum it's, circles and tidying up. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm only against drum circles in the fifth hour. The, yeah. Then I, <laughs> I like that about you. See, you give and you give. I'm, I'm okay. Like, whenever I see a protest, I'm like, like I'm really, on board, I'm over. on board. And then the, then the drum circle shows up, and I'm like, you're not helping. You're yeah. not helping. <laughs> 
This is not going it's, to... It's got to be like what real conservatives think when they see Tea Party people. You know, someone who's like fiscally conservative and against foreign adventuring will, will occasionally be like a normal, like sane... You know, I just don't, I don't believe those people. That those people exist? <laughs> they, they might. <laughs> they might. They might exist. It's a, yeah, I mean, they're fine. They're the people who think that they're going to be so rich one day that then they'll yeah. be able to be Carnegie. Yes. But until then, I'm going to fight the good, you know, you're like, you're, well, you're a dirtbag. Just why don't yeah. you give a hundred bucks now? It'll be I wanna, fine. Yeah, I want to keep, I want to keep. You know, taxes down for when I'm a millionaire. <laughs> right, right. Let's. But until then, I'm yeah. going to step over the guy in front of the Seven Eleven. It's fucking bullshit. That anyway, drives so. me crazy about some of the the things. I, I don't know if you've been following the news for the last forty years, but but, <laughs> <laughs> but I keep hearing the same things over and over again. Ever since Reagan was president, everyone's always worrying about their children or their grandchildren or the world we're leaving to our children. I've been hearing this since I was since I was cognizant of the news. And, <laughs> And I'm like, you have grandchildren now, and their mm. their taxes are lower than any tax tax rates have ever been in this country, and the, it's not helping. It's not better. <laughs> the world is, is not, not. We're not leaving them a better. It's like worry about them now. Right, <laughs> right. It's it's uh, live I, in the now, people. You know what, That's you, the problem. No one wants to live in the now. That's oh, beautiful. you and your facts. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember like six. You don't need to use a fax anymore. They email. <laughs> Ooh, you can scan it. Uh, yeah. The weird thing is, is you remember like I, I know that like my grandparents and my dad uh, can be very racist, and so you know you think to yourself, well, it's just a waiting game, right? Because then they'll eventually oh, yeah, die, they'll die, and then you'll yeah. move on. But um, the first person I ever heard be racist was my grandmother, and she was born in 1898. Right. And she was talking about Reggie Jackson. And it was a commercial for the Reggie Jackson bar. And I was like, seriously? There was briefly a Reggie Jackson bar. It was very much like a baby Ruth. (laughs) Okay. Oh, candy bar. more caramel. Yeah, there was a Reggie Jackson candy bar. Interesting. You know, my, my my dad has has this racist streak in him. He's my dad's my dad's just you know he's six foot three uh, and in his heyday two hundred seventy pounds and it's a big Hawaiian so he's dark he's got very kinky curly hair and he throws around the n word all the time and it's so funny to look at that you know to see this, <laughs> to see this brown guy with kinky hair like dad do you, do you even get how this works you know. <laughs> But he's he's taking self-loathing to a whole new level. Right. Yeah. That's nice. Well, it's more projection than self-loathing. <laughs> Look <laughs> well, at them. He's know? trying. He's trying very hard. It's, it's so funny. I mean, and granted, he was one of those guys born many years ago, but, but he's not exactly white. Is you know he from I mean? Hawaii? Yeah, yeah. I was born and raised in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, but he's also a very aggressive There guy. is a lot of racism in Hawaii. I mean, yeah, I lived yeah. in Hawaii for a, a brief period of time, and I was like one of five white kids in my school, and... Right. There was a lot of racism against sort of everybody there. Like they, I don't think anybody was hated as much as as we were. But 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 the Japanese came close. Like, and there were more Japanese at our school than anything. And the the Samoan guys really just did not like the Japanese. Well, I don't know kids. if they didn't like them. It's 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 kind of a, a we all sort of exist in this melting pot. And, and yeah. uh, when when the when the cameras are on, we're trying to be nice about it. And but I think. <laughs> Luckily, no. But, but I think wrong. it's more of a, you know, it's more of getting along cultures and everybody kind of sharing the thing. Although with the white people, you're absolutely right. Uh, we hated them. Yes. <laughs> well, with good reason. I mean. All right, everyone should read Sarah Vowell's new book, Unfamiliar yes. Fishes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, I came was out. Just reading about that. Today. I just, yeah. I just bought it on Audible because uh, she reads it. It's yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, she's one of those authors, like her and David Sedaris. I actually like to have their books read 
Yeah. Instead of I like to read them too, but having them read is kind of cool. Cause it's nice. Yeah. Did you read the new David or listen to the new David Sedaris one? I read the new David Sedaris. Other but I people to read the, other. the stories in it. At, oh, really? Actually, yeah. He he had. Um, did you ever watch I Claudius? No. Anybody? I what Claudius? is that? Wow. What is I Claudius? Oh, okay. Uh, the woman who played Livia and I Claudius read like half of the new David Sedaris book. As it's all stories told from the point of view of animals. So it's oh. really, it was really. I cool. haven't read that one. Oh yeah, no, it's really, it's Squirrel Seeks Chipmunk. Squirrel Seeks Chipmunk. Yeah. Chipmunk. Yeah. They're all. That's the strangest stuff he's ever written, I think, because it's, it's, it's like, they feel like they're about people, but then everything the people are doing is things animals do, but they act like people, but then they also <laughs> act like animals too. So it's really, really bizarre. Yeah, Sarah Vowell gets people to to read hers too. They're usually like John Stewart and Conan. Yeah, she gets cool kids to read them. I think yes. Fred Armisen is reading a lot of uh, unfamiliar. Bill Hader was on the last one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's neat. But I was wondering, what I was going to ask is, do you guys think like because people always say, well, it was a sign of the times, the racism of the of the forties and the and when people say horrible things like that, do you think like sixty years from now people are going to be like, well, everyone hated Muslims back then. And if they, I mean, I it, hope that that's what people. I hope there is a sixty years from now. Oh, all right, <laughs> the Mayan I calendar. It, well, I, I don't know. I mean, there's things that that people who are in power care about that a lot of people don't care about. Like, right. if you look at the people who are in Congress, and it's like a bunch of like people who are a generation or two ahead of us. And, like, they've done all sorts of polls that show anybody under 40 doesn't give a damn about gay marriage at all. Right. So I'm hoping that, you know, that that goes the same way with, you know. Yeah. With, like, I, I think there's always a certain amount of just hating people who are different than you that will just always be part of society as humans, right? I mean, until we yeah. become one giant. I mean, unless <laughs> we unless we get to a Jetsons-like level, which is what I was kind of really hoping for. Star Trek. You know, I remember being like four or five and being told we would live on spaceship cities when I was an adult. And I was so looking forward to that. Like, even if it was going to be like Logan's Run. I mean, especially, actually, <laughs> I, I just remember jetpacks. I remember that one yeah, that packs. one Super Bowl or something. This guy flew in on a jetpack, and they said, "This is the future." And I'm going, "That is it, man! Yeah. I want a jetpack." Everybody and, uh, wants their jetpack. Yes, and you realize it'd just be a nightmare, and people be dying left and right. Have but, you but, seen? <laughs> there's a thing on like Funny or Die or something where someone did a commercial about, or like a fake news thing about the guy who invented the jetpack, and there were people crashing into cars on the street, <laughs> and such people lying dead everywhere. But everybody wanted one anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of a, like the flying cars in Blade Runner. There was only like four <laughs> flying cars, and all the rest were still driving around, looking up at the fucking cops. <laughs> Great, the cops get to fly right through the smog. Yeah, I remember watching all the cars on the Fifth Element, going, "How do they regulate all of that?" You remember that? Fifth yeah, they'd be here and here and going. I thought over. that looked so cool too, because it's like you could just park right next to your window and just climb into your apartment on the, like the the mega city that you live in right. or whatever. But yeah, that I, they must all have some sort of a sensor reading so that they know they're not you're not you know they're not going to crash into. Let's somebody. make the science work. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I like that's it. why Minority Report was boring though, because Minority Report they had all those great cool looking cars and they 
all just kind of went around on little tracks. It was like, seriously? Yeah. You can't speed yeah. up? You got like 80 cars in front of you. You're like, I'm going to be there in about 480 minutes. <laughs> Keep that suspect waiting. You, yeah, you, you can read people's minds, but you can't elevate a little bit. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can make a car. Like the cars actually drive slower, You but you walk by advertising and it, it does a retinal scan and starts right. talking directly to you. <laughs> oh, they're making that. You know how like, oh, there's, yeah. bar, there's barcode things that are in the that are enclosed now. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and they're going to be able to tell, oh, this is... Uh, You'll be walking by with your iPhone headphones on and suddenly something will start speaking to you. Hey, Ed, what's going on? Why don't you come in and buy a new shirt at J. Crew? You love you love Madras, don't you? Come yeah. on, let's do it. Short sleeves, let's do it. And... Uh, yeah. yeah. My hey, Kermit, there's layaway here. <laughs> yeah, there's layaway. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So uh, let's go back to you, Kermit, okay. and uh, and ask you. Uh, yes. What uh, do you like to read now? Now that you're not working out, I'm a jackass. Huh? <laughs> 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 and thwap. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you work out. You do. Well, that is very strange. You have tiny that children. Is, that's know. not true at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I still, I'm, I have a hard time reading. I, I, it's, it's, oh, okay. I have borrowed books from friends that I really enjoy and and uh, and have fun reading. And uh, and then six months later, they go, "Hey, you, you got that book? Yeah, I saw the book. You know, if, if you don't like it, like, no, I love it. You know, I'll finish it in about a year. Oh, okay. You know? I mean, so I, you read something, it stays read. Yes, it there you just, go. It, it just it just takes a little while. Okay, yeah. what'd you read? What are you reading? Um, well, see, I, I read all. all I, I mean, nonfiction. Is that what's happening? I do like nonfiction. Oh, do you? Yeah, and the, but but a lot of nonfiction just pisses me off. You know what I mean? Like I, I tried to read Freakonomics, which even when you understand it pisses you off, but when you when you try and understand it and you're an ADD guy, it just you hate it because you reread chapters over and over. You know. Do you and, feel like we've all become like more ADD in the last like 15 years because of? email and the internet and yeah (laughs) i mean literally i didn't even have a cell phone until like five or six years ago and and i would i was the first person who was so irritated whenever someone was on their phone in a store like come on and i'm totally that person now i've been that person at the airport where i see other people giving me a dirty look for being too loud on my phone i'm like i'm almost done you know like but uh, I, I totally feel like, you know, I used to spend, I used to read a book every week. And, you know, I read a lot less than I used to now. Well, I, yeah, I think the sensory overload has definitely caused, I mean, and everybody has something now. Everyone has like some sort of myalgia. I don't know what yeah. the hell they have. They have, I mean, everybody's. <laughs> some sort of myalgia. Somebody's taking some sort of pill. Yeah. <laughs> the shrimp true. are all taking Prozac. I don't know. Who doesn't love a shrimp ring? Anyway, but I mean. <laughs> So we're all eating. We're all eating shrimp. We're all having Prozac. But I mean, I, yeah. But I think that it's it is. It's I just got an iPad like five months ago, and I don't even have a data plan for my car, for my phone rather. And now all I do is I carry this stupid iPad around, going, "I wonder if anyone's emailed me." No, no, no one has. No one has. I actually Groupon. I have a program that I I have a program I put on my computer called Freedom. <laughs> that you turn it on when you don't want to be able to access the internet so that you can get work done. And you just forget that it's on, and the first, every time I use it, if I, I won't use it for weeks, and then I'll be like, oh, I had a really heavy deadline, I better like turn off the internet. And for the first couple hours that it's on, I find myself 
like every five minutes trying to check my email or get on the internet or and it's like oh yeah I can't do that right now I have this program on and and you just realize like wow I, it's like it's that's like, great is know, it like a free the, shareware kind of thing or it's uh, it costs ten bucks it's like some guy you can download the trial version sure. and do it like five or six times for free just to can see you turn you it off it. and then check your email? you can restart your okay. you have to restart your whole computer to oh turn do you it do off, so it's a huge asshole oh that's so, awesome yeah it makes it it's basically it's basically because you can't even like punch in a code to turn it off early right you, you, it asks you how long you want to not be able to access the internet and you can say 90 minutes or five minutes if right you, wanna, you know if you're if you've that's got a true. real jones yeah yeah you know you're like, what's i gotta get back on the internet what, what man kind of big ass buzzkill invent something like that you know what i mean who sits there <laughs> we need to do something to make this all done. stop for a while <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you go my, outside? Yeah, I'm going to get my programming codes in order so I can piss people off. You well, it's like I mean? who invents viruses? I always assumed, I, and I only recently bought a Mac, and I always just assumed that everybody who invented a virus did it on a Mac because you could only get them on PCs. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the, the, the computer civil war. This you is know, it. It's like, well, I'm going to create a virus for those idiots who buy their things at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. You like open sourcing? Screw you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, no, man, we Mac users, we are the drum circle of computer users. We're just, we're just sitting in a circle doing a cult, our thing. Man. Man. We it don't is. care what you're doing or what you're thinking. We're just I'm, over a, here. I'm a complete member of the cult now after just a few weeks of owning a, like a, um, a Mac. But it is like, like walking yeah. out of the store. Like My wife and I were walking to our car, and I was carrying the box with the, with the laptop in it, and this this like college kid walked by really fast with his with his bag and he stopped and he's like oh did you get the new macbook oh man i bought mine three months ago i'm so bummed i didn't get the new one and like uh, i was like dude you're talking to a complete stranger <laughs> and it's like oh i'm not a stranger i have a mac I get it. we're in this I, together um, it's like mormons you know, he's just like on his way from the mac from the from the apple store to the starbucks you know and it's like you go into that apple store and it's like there's no registers anywhere it's awesome it's like a new anybody that's talking to you can just start ringing you up on their cell phone and it's like do you want me to just email this uh, receipt to you, or would you like a paper receipt? I can, I can have people make paper in the back. <laughs> you know, like it is not, a, it is not a normal, but it's always crowded. Like if you just looked at Apple stores, you would think this is the most booming economy of all time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I bought the iPad, and people keep saying, "Is it the new one?" And I'm like, "No, it's the shitty old one from five months ago." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I so sorry. A, I was with a friend in LA, and we and, and he's like, yeah, "I went to the Apple store to look at the new iPads, and they saw I had the old one." And they're like, "Oh, you got the old one?" And he's like. Yeah, I got the one from the Bronze Age. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck? This came out, like, less than a year ago. Right, it's five months old, and, and it's magic. And also, like, I held off on getting the second, the new one, because I'm like, do I really need a camera that big? <laughs> like, the whole point of the iPad was, it's a, it's an entertainment device. You can read magazines on it's it. It's a you can toddler bag. It's a bag of toddler yeah. toys in a, in a thing. It's the only place where you have to pay to watch Hulu. <laughs> oh, that is true. IPad. That is true. It's a, yeah, the damn thing. But the Kindle app is free, and then there's all the yeah. free books on on Amazon that you can just. I found that I can I can read a book on Kindle, I can listen to an audiobook, and I can read a book book, and all I don't the get them mixed time. them up. I don't get them mixed up. Really? Yeah, and I can read comic books, which only take twenty twenty five minutes, and uh, <laughs> so which are nice because I love that because it's you know it's yeah. thirty pages of, you know uh, I I just want to plug before because uh, we're, we're 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 coming close here. This is great. Oh, wow. 
It's uh, it's nice. When does the show start? Any minute. <laughs> well done, now sir. Now you have prepared questions. <laughs> I have no prepared questions. I think I just uh, uh, the cosmic like cube. A date sheet. That's it. It's like, just a don't forget doing to mention thing today. Don't, don't don't forget to mention Patrick Brady does the uh, the audio fixes and Mike Rickberg sings the song and Vilmos does the website because we all like to know those things, right? And then there's you know Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirt and uh, you can buy that and you can donate to the Dorky effort and whatever. You're you're vital. You're all doing vital work. Thank you very much. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> But, the, but it's I, I just you know, I, but I love uh, the the noir stuff that you do. Oh, thank. Because I love I really enjoy I like Raymond Chandler and and Dashiell Hammett and all that. But I don't um, all that all the rest of them. You know, yeah. Robert Parker, Spencer Fryer, read all of them. Sure. <laughs> Who didn't see that TV show? Come on. Anyone? I it's, liked it better as Vegas. <laughs> oh, did you like it better as Vegas? It's uh Dan Tana. <laughs> it's uh Did you ever see Oh, I know what. I was going to ask you if you'd ever seen the after school special in the 70s of um Freddie Prince Jr. I can't hear the laughter? Yes. Did you see that? I did. Wait. There was there was an Freddy after school. Prince, wait, Freddie Prince Jr.? Sorry, Freddie Prince Sr. Oh, Sorry, okay, not Scooby Doo. Not, wow. not the guy from Scooby Doo. His dad. Very, yeah. <laughs> I didn't he know was, what you said. Right, but, yeah. but you knew what I meant. <laughs> I only remember the uh, the Robbie Benson uh, made for TV movie, Who Killed Richie or whatever, where, it's like, where he, he would get really high and sneak into a closet and he had like, sad. he would listen to music really loud and he had like a strobe light and then his dad shot him. <laughs> right, because he was he was freaked out. He was, was on like, drugs. Who man. really killed Richie? It was who like, did? was it the drugs or was it the dad with the gun who shot him in the kitchen? <laughs> I, I don't know. I gotta go. Let's bean. blame drugs. It's the seventies. <laughs> I know. And and Freddie Prince, he was on Chico and the Man. And how come they don't remake? All right, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for the Chico and the Man movie. Remake. Is what you're waiting I, I just, for, right? I'm not looking for the movie. I'm definitely not looking for the movie. I think I do want the TV show though. I'd like a Chico oh, and the Man. Chico Chico and the man? I want more Chico and the Man. A new Chico and the Man show? I am a simple that's, woman that's of the, the people. But that's one thing I will say about 70s TV. People look like they're supposed to look. Like Chico and the yeah. Man, that was an old, kaji dude with a thick mustache. He was so angry. You know, and he looked like that. Look at, look yeah. at Bar- Sanford, Sanford and Barney Miller. They, they, were, they lived like at a cops. junkyard yeah. in Sanford yeah. and Son. You could never do a show about a black guy and his, and his kid who live at a junkyard today. And like not even it, on it would be right. It'd be the shiniest no. junkyard in the world. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be a pawn right. shop. Yeah, and that's that's the thing today. I mean, people people on TV today who cut up bodies are hot. Even yeah, their, exactly. Even their sidekicks are hot. Yeah, there's not a single person on on CSI who shows up without makeup on. It's like seriously, yeah. you're going to a crime scene and you're stopping <laughs> to do your hair, and like <laughs> nobody in the CSI crew ever puts on like a thing that you'd actually see at a crime scene where they're wearing like one of those hermetically slicker. sealed slicker things. Yeah. That Gore on them, you know, from the body parts. The last but. audition I went on, uh, I was to play a Polish steel worker. Because you know what? People see this and they think airport cop. <laughs> they think worker. Polish steel worker lady. I was gonna be, I was gonna be uh, nude in a bathtub, and Antonio Banderas was across the room, and he was. I was supposed to be fantasizing. It was an ad for a bank in Poland. Wow. <laughs> How specific is that? He's yeah, like the weirdest. Is... <laughs> and I was like, well, does it pay? I'm in. As, yeah. That'll be fine. Well, Anton- was he really going to be there? He was actually going to be in he the ad. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. He was going to, Antonio Banderas was actually going to be in the He was probably going to be the star of the ad. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't offer so... Mulan's boyfriend. Was gonna, <laughs> I was going to be fantasizing about Antonio Banderas. Not likely. Wow. Okay. Didn't mean to. <laughs> 
He seems like a really nice man. <laughs> Should we have jumped in? So do you know if you got it or not? You... I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, it's been about two weeks. Uh, but, but they keep sending me out for, uh, they've sent me out for more auditions this year because this is finally coming into its own here. Who doesn't want a PTA mom that looks like this? Everybody. Right. It's PTA mom. It's airport cop. It would be so awesome if you were on like a CSI as a regular though. Right. How, how cool would that be? I'd like, like to be a, a judge. Who, who could actually look like a real, a judge. That would be You awesome. could clean this up. That's, what, cause that's why I don't to. dress up anymore. You can just bring it up a notch. And, you don't even uh, need to. You just put the robe on over whatever. Suit? Oh, yeah. Who yeah. says they're even wearing anything? We don't <laughs> right. know. That's, it could be a hoodie. Why would they take that job? Exactly. So that they don't have to wear anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nude. Possibly. Never nude. <laughs> it's a never nude. You know, about, about, eight, about eight years ago, I had an audition. I was 35 years old. I had an audition for a 35-year-old Hawaiian dad. Right, and <laughs> for this commercial, and the, and the drawing actually looked at me. As a matter of fact, the director goes, "Wow, you look like the drawing." Right, and right. The, the audition was so bad that by the end of it, he goes, "You don't look that much like the drawing." <laughs> <laughs> what was the drawing? Was it like a police sketch? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I've never heard of a drawing at the audition. Well, they had storyboards. We're looking for a guy who looks like this they, drawing. They storyboarded the drawing. <laughs> storyboard. yeah, this I sounds mean, like kind of a, one of those things where, like, the police tell everybody they won the lottery so that they can get everyone to show up and get arrested. And all of a sudden, there you are on Ventura Boulevard. Like the beginning of, of uh, Al Pacino's Sea of Love. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, uh, they actually brought the storyboard to the audition, which is really odd, so that you can see what the commercial did and how it went. Wow. Which, yeah, it was really... Was it like the Matrix for commercials? <laughs> That's the rudest line reading ever. Yeah. Be yeah. exactly like this unanimated right. uh, storyboard right. right in front of me. But, but I did look exactly like the guy they had, you know? And but you didn't have a talking bubble. No, no, I did not have a talking bubble. <laughs> didn't have an arrow pointing from you to the direction you yeah, needed to go. Yeah, it was one of those things, like, it was one of those things where you had to say where I, I, I'm, I'm golfing with my friends, and one of them said, you know, when I go, I don't know what goes to my children, and I say, blah, 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 and I said, and I'm telling the story, oh, wow. right? And I'm, wow. going, and I'm just thinking the whole time, and I know you're supposed to try and get into it, but the whole time I'm thinking, if I'm golfing and a friend of mine brings up his own death, I'm beating his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, That's all I could think of in my head, so the whole time not, I'm he's telling... He's not in the game at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling the story to the camera, like, hey, my friend brings up this... You know, like, I really had that attitude. And the guy goes, no, you have to really tell it, like, you're going to help your friend. I go, I hate my friend, you know? <laughs> we are trying to golf. What is, what is his handicap? Can you... <laughs> His handicap was depression. Yeah. <laughs> His handicap was an absence of any sort of self-esteem. He had an actual handicap. <laughs> he had an actual, yeah, a bit of a limp. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so thanks to this thanks to this friend who, I, who doesn't exist and I hate, I, I didn't get the part that I looked exactly like the guy. <laughs> Man. It's, and you have kids. So you were a Hawaiian dad who was 35 yes. years old. <laughs> exactly. There should have been no brainer on that one. But if no. they'd gotten that, it would just be typecasting. You'd never get out of that role. <laughs> exactly. Constantly playing. Are you kidding me? I'll go on the road as the Hawaiian bank guy who uh, helps other friends. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Are, are, are they, are you, they, they should put you on Hawaii Five O. Has anyone ever suggested that? You should send your headshot. I had my... <laughs> Everybody is yeah. always like, you should send your headshot to NBC. They're, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, not just looking the for Hawaiians on Hawaii. I've had, I've had a no. couple of people say that. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're in show business. You said something to CBS, and maybe they'll put you on that show. Like, really? You see a lot of comedians on that show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how it Andy, happens, Andy too. Andy 
And I mean, do you, do you even see Hawaiians on the show? You know, no. a buddy of mine said, "Well, you see, they got they got a couple of Hawaiians on there." Like, well, yeah, they got the Japanese two. girl. Yeah, well, no, they got the Japanese. Yeah, they're girl Korean. From they're not. They're not even Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, it's Korean, the Korean girl from Vancouver. Yeah, right? I think. Yeah. I think. I think we've been so trained by that. You know, when you fill out something and it says Asian slash Pacific Islander. It's always been one blank. So, like, you know what? You all go together. You know what I mean? We're, we're, you're thousands new, of miles apart. Maybe you can get work in the new well, you, uh, episode you, of MASH. You hear about this, uh, the, the remake of Red Dawn, where it was, instead oh, of yeah. Russians, it's Chinese. But now they're so afraid of angering all of China that they've decided to change them to North Koreans. And it's like, North Koreans and Chinese people don't look almost anything alike. <laughs> yeah. Like, But I guess... If you just change the flag, we'll all just go with it. Because really, it's just a mass of people overrunning a country, which could never happen anyway. So. China at least was believable. Yeah, China, China yeah. was believable. Yeah, because they, they call just, in markers and all yeah, of a sudden weaken like, hey, the economy we, and they we jump own, in. Yeah, we own California. Let's do this. Yeah, I think, I, I think the Chinese would love that. For once, we're portrayed correctly. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be ideal. It's remember the original one. It was the Nicaraguans and the Cubans. Was it really? Yeah, it was the Cubans, was the, the Nicaraguans, and the Russians. Oh, okay. Yeah, it I was only very realistic. Remember the the oh, it was original? Horrible. horrible. But you know what? <laughs> that heat'll that uh, what was the line? Is uh, that hate'll eat you up, boy? And then he said, "Keeps me warm at night." Oh yeah. <laughs> and I remember the, the more good writing. The only thing I remember from that movie was like post invasion, as they're showing everybody going through. There was like the bumper sticker that said, "They can have my gun when they take it from my cold dead end." And then the guy was lying there, and the guy was ripping. The gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, like, I don't remember serious? that. That was like practically during the credits. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> All right, I need to rent that. Very Netflix streaming. Yeah, John Milius is very subtle. No, <laughs> I sense that. Conan was a very subtle, subtle movie. Oh man, I remember Red Sonia. It's uh, which was who directed that? Oh God, I'm pretty sure nobody. <laughs> if there's somebody who wants to take credit for Red Sonia, call in on one eight eight eight. It's uh, yeah, I would love. Um, so you go in, they 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 bring you in, Ed, right? And and they're oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, wouldn't this would be a good TV show? And then, oh no, they don't. <laughs> they never do that. <laughs> no. But, but they, what do you mean for like Marvel or just in general? Just in, in general, the TV people. I have. I have. I have I'm met in TV show business. Before, have you met TV people? Because yeah. <laughs> Incognito would be an amazing television program. Well, they're doing. They're working on that as a movie. At oh, Fox. are they? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be a movie. That should be a but movie. It could be a TV show. Too. It should be a series of movies, and you should buy land. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's should everyone should read Incognito. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure. Yes, she would stuff you know bags full of it and bury it in the backyard. But yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> it's uh, just to protect against uh, the Mayan calendar. Anyway, but do you, uh, do you anticipate the movies? Are you excited when they're coming out? Do you like the superhero you, movies? Yeah, and stuff? yeah. Do you? Are, are uh, you some you, of them, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a really good question. <laughs> it's almost like I was prepared. <laughs> God, I wish I would have thought of that one. Um, uh, it depends on you know. I I hear like inside scoop on some of them sometimes, and you know. Mostly, I'm I you know I anticipate them as much as I anticipate anything that's like a big Hollywood blockbuster. I, I generally think they're making better ones now than they used to, which is nice. I'm kind of excited about the Captain America one. They they actually almost flew me out to the set in London to watch it, but I was going through uh, some family stuff at the time, so I couldn't go. But um, did they pull a lot of stuff off the out, out of your books? 
No, I don't. You know? I don't think I, I read one of the later drafts of the script, and it didn't seem like they did. But I know that the director and the producers and like all the actors were reading my comics, and and they were tr- sort of. I think they were trying to get the same kind of tone that I that I go for in the book, which is much more like a somewhere in between like a comic book world and a real world where it feels like an espionage thing. As yeah, it was to a just, little grittier and yeah, yeah. That was that was just that was always how I thought it should be. Was that it should just be like. You know, if it's a guy who works for the government, he should be going on like spy missions and stuff. But in this, you know, red, white, and blue costume, right. <laughs> total stealthy. <laughs> no one's Nothing as stealthy guy. as the American flag. <laughs> We're sneaking it in there. <laughs> Nobody noticed me. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, just selling was... falafel out of a cart. Yeah, <laughs> using this shield as a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Gaddafi, what's up? <laughs> Can I interest you in a falafel? Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's a lot grittier. And I read the, the Fear, the, the first of the Fear itself. Oh, yeah. Is that what's... Yeah, Fear itself. Thanks. The new Marvel. Right. The new Marvel uh, super We had the big Marvel story. Event. Yeah, my friend Matt's writing that. Matt Fraction? Yeah, Matt Fraction. Is your friend? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's like a half a dozen comic book authors that I know of, and uh, like one one of the first things because uh, I read I read uh, your Captain America after I had read Truth. Oh, okay. Which had been drawn by Kyle Baker. Yeah, Kyle Baker. Which I only read because he wrote um, the Why, Why I Hate Saturn. Well, I didn't. I, I have read Why I Hate uh, Cowboy Wally Show. No, uh, Plastic Man. Oh, okay. And but he had also written Special Forces. Oh, yeah. And uh, Special Forces was about the autistic guy who was recruited to be in Iraq. And he was... Special. He was super special. <laughs> yes, he, I, I Which, guess you like never you, got that. like you to take the short bus to Iraq. <laughs> he was a, it was based on a real autistic guy who was recruited when the quotas were down. Oh, my God. And, uh, and so he was recruited to go to Iraq, and he, he was... Well, like in, Lindy England, right? She's like, she's not autistic, but she was like, I thought they they said she's like borderline, like you know, very low IQ. Sure, fifty nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was brutal, but they, I mean, it was oh. it, and, and and Kyle Baker draws in such this silly fashion, and so like there was there was a woman character and the autistic guy. They were the only ones who lived in the squad, and in every panel she was wearing less and less clothes <laughs> until it was just essentially nipple rings. <laughs> And she's got a giant gun, and she's just bam, 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 bam. And, and the autistic guy's like, I got a list of things we got to do, and one of them was this, and I got to grab it, and I'm going to pet it. And it was, I mean, it was very mice and men kind of thing. And, it was, and so I read Truth, which is about the black Captain America, and he drew that, but I don't remember who wrote it. Who wrote the, the black Captain America? Oh, wow, you're going to put me on. I can't remember his name. It'll be in the, the notes, people. Yeah. It'll be in the notes. <laughs> But it's it was great. It was just you yeah, know sort of Tuskegee. Really, yeah, the Tuskegee experiment with the with the, the Captain super America super soldier, soldier serum. Yeah, yeah, that was totally crazy. Just brutal. Yeah, you were like, really yeah, they had brutal. to test that on somebody. Gee, I wonder who they tested it on. Yeah, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very controversial story. It was that that and the one where they did where Rawhide Kid was gay. The Rawhide Kid. Yeah, they did a thing where Rawhide Kid with the like, other Western character was gay. And that was like another. That big, never happens. They, There's they never went, gay they cowboys. They went after, yeah, gay cowboys. They went, they went, and they had like every year they had like one really big controversial thing for a while. <laughs> On purpose, like, or it just seemed like they were just sort of. It was, it was good publicity for them. They got a lot of publicity on both of those actually, 
But um, yeah, the Captain America thing I thought was really was really good actually, and those characters ended up being integrated into the Marvel universe. Right, because the Black Captain America's grandson is yeah, he's the Patriot. The Patriot in in Young Avengers, I think. Yeah, in Young Avengers, yeah. And oh, you know, I wanted to ask you one one. (laughs) So you created Darwin. Yeah, you invented the character Darwin in the X Men. He's in the X Men movie now in the '60s. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in the new X Men movie that just uh, that they've just been showing the trailers for that where it's all about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. They're gonna force you to learn about the Cuban Missile Crisis <laughs> <laughs> through the X Men. <laughs> like, finally, that 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 X Men Cuban Missile Crisis story we've all been waiting for <laughs> is finally happening. The it was big... too controversial when they were publishing right. the comic back then. To now. yeah, now you will but learn the Three true Mile story Island it. was in the Wolverine movie, wasn't that? That Three Mile Island that Deadpool and Wolverine end up at oh God. in Wolverine or Origins? Or? I try to forget most of Wolverine. He <laughs> screamed at the sky three times. Deadpool didn't say anything funny. No, I think he, Deadpool didn't say anything funny. The Merc but, with the mouth and they sewed his mouth shut. When they sewed his mouth shut. Yeah. There I'm only reading three different movie. of those titles. I can't. Yeah. Because there's like five different Deadpool titles. He's pretty popular, apparently. Right, and I, I can do the team up because then I learn about Hell Cow. I mean, <laughs> the things I never know. Like, there's like these obscure like heroes Hell and villains, cow. and yeah, and it's like <laughs> Id is like he, the team up this week is uh, he's with Ego, the giant planet. Oh yeah, but he's Id, Ego, the living planet, Ego, yeah. the living planet's brother, Id. There was I don't an know. issue of Fantastic Four like 30 years ago where the thing was like walking around inside Ego, the living planet, to try to like find his like brain tumor or whatever it was really strange <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> there's some weird the history of i like like sometimes you get to the end of a or i get to an end of a comic book and i'm like i got nothing who is this, who is this? <laughs> first of all a lot of the women look exactly the same they're 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 relatively drone drawn you know either they're blonde or they're, they're brunette yeah. and they're and there's definitely there's a body type it's happening <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you yeah. Mm. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> it's people should read uh, essentially everything this man writes. And, uh, and P- Ed Brubaker, get a- yeah, applaud that. He is, he is a Seattle luminary. He is a dork luminary, in my opinion. A dork luminary? A dork luminary. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Well done. And Kermit DePio, uh, stand up comedy, KermitDePio.com or Kerm. What is it? Icurm.com. Icurm, I-K-R-E-M. Yep. Dot com. And uh, you do stand-up comedy, and people should see it, because it's always, always funny, and always smart, and always wonderful. So, Kermit, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. So much for being on the show, and thank you for coming to see live uh, Dork Forest. We're going to do another episode in about ten minutes, so go to the bathroom. You think people here will actually believe there's really people, or do they know it's just a laugh track? No, it's just a laugh track. (laughs) (laughs) Just pretend. Clappity, clap, clap. I bought the applause app. Yeah, the applause app on the the iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to take a little break, and then, uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?